Fill me with your love, Father. Fill me with your grace, Lord. Lord Jesus, we want to say how much we love you, Father. How much we praise you, Lord. There's none like you. You're our God and our Savior, our everything. They're all in all. Father, how wonderful you are, how great you are, how mighty you are. Lord, welcome. We welcome you tonight, Father. May you be the most special one among us, Lord. Lord, we don't want to leave you in the corner with dirty feet tonight, Lord, but we want to welcome you with our tears of thanksgiving. Lord, wipe the dirt off of you, Lord, the dirt of doubt and unbelief, Lord. May you find the people here today that can believe you for all things are possible to those that believe. Father, we commit our hearts to you. We commit this service to you, everything to be said and done. Thou knowest, Lord, this is your house, Lord. This is your word, Father. These are your people. Father, speak, we pray, Lord. Speak, Lord, and give us life from your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. You can turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 31. Amen. There's nothing quite like your iPad deleting your notes. Amen. So what do you do? You find the scripture. Amen. I'm going to just key in on that song, He Never Left Me. How many thankful He Never Left You? He could have walked away, but He never left you. Amen. I, I just believe it's just the Lord tonight. Amen. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. You can be seated. He's never left me. He's never left you. He's always been there with you. Every step of the way. You know, God asks for confidence in him to trust him. And it's easy to trust him when you're going through the, on top of the mountain and you're having a wonderful day and everything's been going very good and all's rosy and singing the songs and shouting the victories. But he also wants you to trust him when you're going through your darkest valleys. Truly, that's where trust is really built, is when you don't feel him, you don't know he's there, you maybe can't see, see him anywhere around you, but you know he's there. How do you know he's there? Because his word says he's there. And you know, it's very, it's very important to believe in him, and especially in the day we, and hour that we live in. You know, and so to do that, you've got to understand who you are and also understand who he is. Because he will not let his word go unfulfilled. He will fulfill it. He will promise it. He promised to keep it. And that was going to be my title tonight, the promise keeper. But he promises that he will keep his word. He will not let one jot or one tittle go unfulfilled. In other words, he will not even let a dot that goes over an eye be unfulfilled. 
but even the smallest portion of his word, God is concerned about. And I'm thinking about that tonight because if you feel the, to be the least in the kingdom of God, then you also have this confidence that God is concerned about you. God knows about you. He knows your needs. He knows your struggles. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he knows on a Wednesday night that you're down in the valley, but he wants to come and tell you again, he's never left you, but he's walking with you and he's leading you and he's guiding. You know, I know right now that we're living in a very dark time and it seems impossible, impossible situations are going on around us just hearing of all the deaths that are taking place. Just brother, brother Erickson's church is seemingly facing death after death for in the last few weeks. And, and brother David Kegley had told me about his dad and now his mom, he found her on the floor. And it seems like in those moments that you're all alone, it seems like that the darkest times and it's around you and there's no help for you. There's no, 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 nothing that can go on. Maybe you've done something wrong, but you have not done something wrong. God is wanting to show you that in your darkest moments, he won't leave you. Amen. He's allowing the bride of Christ to come to the darkest time that there's ever been. Amen. Even, even the dark ages was dark, but it's not been as dark as it is now to where there's not even hardly a, a hope or a, or a glimpse of, uh, of righteousness or, or a glimpse of holiness anymore. It's so dark around us. And so he would allow it to be in this valley that he could prove his word over and over again. I'll never leave you, but I'll be with you. Amen. And he would build a society. You know, the society we're living, amen, the bar is set on how much you can earn or how much you can accumulate and your accomplishments and what you do. And, and you, they're lauded, you know, above everything about what you've done and how you've done it. It's put above, amen, even the God-ordained purposes in our lives. Very often people have a hard time taking God at his word. And if God, but if God says it, that settles it. If God says it, it doesn't, there's no need to ever doubt it because he will bring it to pass. Amen. So we read here, he promised them that they're going to go into this place and there's going to be battles. They're going to go in there. There's going to be high walls. They're going to go in there. There's going to be giants. They're going to go in there and there's going to be impossible situations. There's going to be high mountains with giants that have lived there for years and years and they've been happy living in that land. But you have been commissioned to go in there and cast them out and you're not going alone, but I'm going to go with you and I'm going to be with you in a trial. I'm going to be with you in the fire. I'm going to be with you in your trouble. I'm going to be with you when you face that giant of cancer. Was he not with you, Sister Alana? Amen. When that giant would step out with those priestly robes and try to scare the liver out of you. But he couldn't, he might could scare you, but he could not scare the God that was in you. But the God that was in you would rise up and begin to pulsate in your life until you could call, amen, come with assurance that God is with me. I might have cancer, God is with me. I might have every kind of sickness, God is with me. I might not have a dollar in my account, but God. God is with me. I might look at it, be looking at impossible situations, but God is with me. Walls may be thick all around me and it seems impossible, but God is with me. Hallelujah. You might be one of those seeds like Rahab that was calling that wall and there seemed to be no help for her and there seemed to be no hope for her. Her life was wrecked and her life was shot and it was no hope for her. But one day a messenger came to her and began to tell her the good news. Amen. It wasn't just a God of history, but it's a God of today. And it gave her a token, a covenant and said, if you'll put it in your door, you and your family will be saved. 
Amen. It gives me courage to know that even Rahab, God didn't leave her. God didn't forsake her. It was only one or maybe, maybe two or maybe three. But God will tear the walls down to go get his children. That gives me so much confidence in the hour that we're living in. We know of some Rahabs. We know of some people that have sold their birthright. But there ain't enough big enough walls that God won't knock it down and go to where they are. And prove again over and over, I never left you. Tonight, tonight they might be saying, God's left me. He's a million miles away. I ain't felt him in years, but I'm here to tell you once again, God's never left you. But in this time, we have a hard time taking God at his word. You know why? Because we're relying so much on this right here. Or this right here, and their minds, and it's, the world has been built to where the standards are, 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 are the earthly accomplishments and the worldly standards, and all these things are placed above, amen, the call of God. You know, because he, he would say it again in Hebrews 13 5. He says, Keep your lives free from the love of money. Oh, yeah. And be content with what you have because God has said. Amen. Why does he want you to get away and not be, have the love of money? Because if you have the love of money, then money's your God. And money becomes your everything. Therefore, it doesn't hurt to miss, miss church on Sunday because you got a greater God. Come on now. Amen. Or you got some money, some money in the bank and you got confidence in, in something more than, but listen, God does not want you to have confidence in something that's temporary. Because we know good and well the money that we have today is temporary. You can have it stacked up to the ceiling in every room in your house and hidden every sock in your drawer, but it's temporary. Amen. One day, maybe I won't even be able to buy anything. Amen. Money can become worthless overnight. But people get so involved in chasing after it, and that's their God, and they'll destroy friendships over money. Amen. Amen. Over money, they'll destroy friendships and, and, they, and they'll have it to, in their heart. But why? Because they love it so much because it's their God. But he said, don't do that because I have said, I will never leave you. When money leaves you, I'll still be there. Hallelujah. When troubles come, I'll still be there. Listen, you serve a God, amen, that can get you out of a trouble that money can't get you out of. Listen, we, uh, the, the Steve Jobs was talking about the other night. He had that uh, pancreas cancer. Listen, if there had been a cure, he had enough money to buy it. But money couldn't get him there. Amen. No doubt he spent a lot of his wealth searching after it and wanting it and desiring it, wanting to live, wanting to go a little further, wanting to be a little more, and wanting to go another month, another day, whatever, another hour, whatever money was worthless to him in those moments. Amen. But see, this God can get you out of trouble. Amen. Where money can't get you out. It'll get you healing when money can't get you healing. Amen. This God will get you joy when money can't get you joy. It'll get you happiness when happy, when, when this world can't get you that. 
Hallelujah. Amen. This God, he promised us. He promises no matter how long we go. We may go 10 more years, five more years. I don't know how far we're going. And it's going to get harder and it's going to get harder and it's going to get harder. But his word will remain the same. He will never leave you. He'll be with you. He'll guide you. He'll hold you. He'll keep you. Deuteronomy 31.6 was written to encourage the children of Israel as they're getting ready to go across into some great battles, into some great wars, into some really hardships, some big trials, through some difficult times, through loss of loved ones. Amen. Through tragedies and and through uh, killings and all kinds of things. And he was trying to show them right at the beginning, you're going to go through some things, but I'm going to be with you. You're going to go through things, but I'm going to be there. You're going to go through a valley, but I'm going to be there. Amen. You're going to go have, you're going to have problems and situations. He would also tell it, he would tell it to Joshua. Amen. In Joshua 10 and verse, uh, let me go, let me go down as he would go. He would go to tell it to Joshua because Joshua would begin to fight. And Joshua would go and he would come against five kings and he would come against uh, all the walls and he would come against Ai and he, he would face defeated Ai. But he knew when he faced defeated Ai, something was wrong because God promised him, I'll be with you. He went through all kinds of things. He, he told it to Solomon. He told it to Solomon. In 1 Chronicles 22 and verse 13 says, you will have success if you are careful to observe the decrees and laws that the Lord gave Moses. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. David would say it again in 2820 said, be strong and courageous. Do the work. Or play the man. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Hallelujah. We can take that scripture for us tonight because there's a building that's taking place right now. It's the building of the body of Christ. And his word will remain to same all the way to the last part. The last stone is put in position. To the last part is there, whatever it is, if it's a stone, if it's a piece of timber, whatever it is, it's going to hold there and it's going to remain. I will not forsake my bride. I'll be with her when she needs healing. I'll be with her when she needs deliverance. I'll be with her when she needs comfort. I am the comforter. The Old Testament is full of insurmountable challenges. But God wanted them to know that no matter how big the challenge you could trust him for complete victory. It was a call for trust, 
And I feel like we're here in that same call. We're going through some really tough times. Economically, things are happening, situations. We don't know what tomorrow holds. He would tell it again to Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 32. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with you than there is with him. If you can understand that tonight, boy, you would go out of here shouting a victory. Because no matter what you're facing, it may seem to be an insurmountable odd, but there's a greater power with you. Amen, sister. Sister Ruth, you have been facing a very dark trial, but there's a greater power with you. Amen. You, you may be facing something in your family and you don't know the answer to it, but there's a greater power with you than all that surrounds you and all the problems around you and everything around you. Even if that enemy begins to, begins to say and mock you and make fun of you and say, see, I told you he's just the God of the hills and he's not the God of the valleys. I told you he's only God when you're singing the praises and, and you're up on top of the mountain and you got up this morning and nothing went wrong and you checked your bank account and it's slammed full. Amen. You got it overflowing, coming out your ears, money in the bank, and no jobs lined up for days. Oh, it's so wonderful. I told you he's God then, but now you're in a valley. Now you're in a dark time. Now you're going through a trouble. Now deaths have hit the church. Now problems is all around you. See, I told you he's only a God at youth camp. He's only a God at meetings. He's only a God at special services. But on a Wednesday night, I told you, you're going to go there and you're not going to get nothing because you're in a valley but the Lord heard your enemy tonight he said you tell their enemy I'm not just the God of the mountain I'm also the God in the valley hallelujah I'm not just a God when you sing in my praises I'm still God when you can't say a word I'm still a God when you're all down and you're all depressed and you don't know which to turn. I'm still God. Hallelujah. I'm not just God when your family's sitting on the front row and they're all serving God, but I'm still God when one's in a bar room, one's lost over here, one's lost over there. I have not forgot them, but I am a God in your valley. around and you 
truth camp and you danced the victory over that devil and you, he lost his victory over you. But I'm also the God when you're going through your hallways of school or you're riding by yourself in the car or you don't know where your next job's coming from. I'm still the same yesterday, today and forever. I will not change. I have not changed. Sunday morning when a little frail woman got out of that pew and she ran around that building and she gave God praise leaning on the everlasting arms. But tonight, in your valley, I'm still a God you can lean on. I'm still a God you can trust. I'm still a God in the victory tonight for you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged. God's promises are always or never. Therefore, he can be fully trusted. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Bible says God is not human that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak? And then does he not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? You know, I need some answers to that tonight. God is not human that he should lie. (laughs) We had a human being, he's full of lies. Can't hardly, some some of them can't even hardly tell the truth because the truth ain't in them. A human will lie to you, tell you you're his best friend. The next day, hate you like you was a murderer. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sad to say, that's even in church. But we got. But God's not a human. Thank you, God. He became human, but he's not a human. Therefore, God don't change his mind. Thank you, God. So therefore, if God chose you before the foundation of the world, he cannot unchoose you. Even though you tried to walk away, even though you took the wrong road, even though tonight you might be on the wrong road, he can't unchoose you. Even though you're going the wrong direction, even though you posted stupid stuff on Facebook. We're going to get it where we live at. Even though you've done all kinds of things, he can't unchoose you. You know to give some shouting shoes to somebody tonight. God cannot unchoose you. He cannot say you're my child one day and the next day or the next hour or the next minute or the next second say you're not my child. But if he chose you before the foundation of the world, you will be chose until there's no more. Until we step into eternity. And all through eternity, God cannot unchoose you. He cannot change his mind. Therefore, when you go down the wrong road, He's not going to turn and walk away. Oh, my God. 
How many times have you realized in your life you were walking down the wrong way, but somehow he still touched you? That's because he didn't turn around and walk the other way and say, I give up on him. I'm tired of him. I don't want him no more. I, I've told him, I've tried, I've done everything, but I give up on him. I'm walking away. He's like, no, he sees you walking away and he just still follows you. He's still walking with you. He's still talking to you. He's still guiding you. No, don't get that far over there. Come on back over here. No, not that far. Get back over here. And you keep feeling these. You think it's well, it's just me. It's just my, who I am. No, God is still choosing you. There he cannot say, I don't want him no more. Y'all don't understand. I have tried all day long. I have tried all week long. I've tried in the last few days to get something to preach tonight. And I thought I had it. And my iPad said, nope. Might have been the angel again. All I know is it deleted it. And I was back there. (laughs) What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And these words been rolling through my head all day. He never left me. Can I be real honest with you? Just this week, driving down the road, I said, Lord, I'm ready to give up. I'm done. He never left me. He was still there. He was still there all the time. He's still moving, still coming on the scene, still operating, still touching, still directing, still doing things. When you've given up, you probably gave up this week yourself and thought, I'll never go back to this service, but he was still directing. He was still nudging. He was still pushing. And here you are tonight. I think about it, I, I, I listened, I heard that song many years ago and it touched me, I sent it to Brother Philip, he never sang it, but I guess God was saving it for tonight. Yeah. So I sent it to him today, I said, look man, you got to sing this song, I've been listening to it over and over and over and I, 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 I just need to hear it and I, I believe you're the man for it. Because I remember a time in his life, he would went the wrong way. He had went down the wrong path. He had went down the wrong place. But God never left him. He might have thought he had. He might have given up on him and said, I'll never go back. But God was still nudging. God was still pushing. God was still coming. God was still every angle. God was directing. God was orchestrating that life until one night on a Wednesday night, he was sitting there and he looked at his family as they're about to walk out the door. And he said, if you'll wait for me, I'll go with you. What was it? God never left him. He may have left God, but God didn't leave him. Every one of us can testify the same thing. We all had moments in our life. We pulled away, but God didn't leave us. God was right there for us. He came to that church service on a Wednesday night, and guess who was preaching? Guess who was raised up with him all his life? Guess who fought with him in the backyard? (laughs) 
God's doing something nowadays. Man, back in our, our days, we had fights every service. I ain't talking about just me and Brother Philip. I'm just talking about fights. I'm thankful we ain't got them kind of kids no more. <laughs> he's sitting back there, and he's discouraged, and he's aggravated. He's like, Brother Timothy's preaching. Why did I come? Can't they say anything? I'm just trying to remember his own testimony. I think I got it pretty close. He said, can't they say anything new anymore? I've heard this before. But see, God was orchestrating. God was moving because here I am. I just went through a situation in my life. And on a Saturday morning, I was studying again, trying to come up with something and I, on a, for a Sunday night communion service. And I couldn't, I had a thought on the God we could rely on, but I couldn't, I couldn't get it together. I couldn't, it wasn't nothing to delete. So the kids went out to play some disc golf out the state park, and I told Ruth, I said, let's go get some hamburgers and some buns, and let's go cook them a barbecue out there, and let's just get away from here. I, I ain't doing no good here anyway. So we went out there, and uh, some of my youngest, I think it was Andrew, and it was pretty young at that time, grabbed the ripsticks and throwed them in the car. And we get there. Do you realize what's going on? The whole time, God is nudging. God is moving. God, because if I don't get there and go through this situation, I'm not going to be preaching what I'm going to preach on Wednesday night. And it wasn't an easy situation. It was a terrifying situation. My little girl, Adriana, goes down a hill the, the wrong way, down the wrong path, thinking she's trying to snowboard on asphalt. And she don't make a curve, and she goes down a parking lot, ends up flying 30 feet through the air, smacks into a brick, uh, into a steel pole with her head, and, and just goes flying dirt and stuff all over. And I come down to her, and, and she's out of it, and she's just got this rattle in her throat, and her eyes are rolled in the back of her head. And I just ease her onto her back, just make sure her airways are clear, and I'm talking to her. Adriana, talk to me, baby. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And then she, she goes, Daddy, I, I can't see. And I look at her eyes are crossed from hitting her head and her head's all swollen out. And I said, Lord, I'm here on this place, not by happenstance, I don't believe. I said, I'm just like that man that was with your prophet who got the bit on the foot with a snake. I said, we're not out here doing anything wrong. We're out here enjoying nature, enjoying some time of fellowship. I'm asking that the same God that took that poison out of that life will take the, the hurt and the pain and the call, all the things that it's causing away from my little girl. In Jesus' name, amen. And I looked down and them eyes uncrossed. And she said, Daddy, I can't see you. And I bowed my head and I prayed again. I said, Father, she can't see you. You uncrossed her eyes. Will you now give her a sight? And she goes, Daddy, I see you now. But she couldn't remember nothing. For 20 minutes, she couldn't remember what had happened. And she's screaming, why am I here? What's up with this? What's wrong with my feet? Do I still have feet? She had been wearing flip-flops. And they tore off some yards back and her feet was skin up. Ambulance came. As we're putting her in the ambulance, her mind starts sparking again. And she remembers what she had done, played disc golf, did this, this. 
So we let her go. Sister Ruth jumps in with her. I get in the van. I believe the ladies were there and took some of our kids, Brother James, Sister Jenny, Sister Jenny, and then Brother Matthew was there, I believe, also. He called Brother Tim, and he told Brother Tim, Brother Tim picks up the phone, hears the news, closes the phone, and says, hangs it up and says, Lord, let there not be one broke bone. What a prayer. Because it looked like everything was messed up. Gets to the hospital, they don't find one sign of a broke bone, one sign of a concussion. Done CAT scans, x-rays, all this kind of stuff. The doctor said, look, we're going to be taking your word that you saw her knocked out. He said, but we cannot, we cannot find one sign of a concussion. There's nothing there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, on the way to that hospital, I was praising God for what I just saw. I saw a little girl going down the wrong path and seemingly go down to her destruction. And in a moment, God turned it around and her come back to herself. And I'm still, got my hand in there and I'm praising God. Tears are coming down my eyes. And all of a sudden, I hear my voice speaking. It says, what you see in the natural, you'll also see in the supernatural. Hallelujah, that Sunday night I get up and I give the testimony. She spent the night Saturday night in the hospital. They dismissed her right after the Sunday service. I brought her to church that, that very next service and I'm giving now, I don't need notes. I've witnessed a God I can rely on and I can say he never left me. But he was right there on that shore with me as I was knelt over my daughter. The angel of God was right there. And not only was he there, he was some miles over in Athens, Louisiana at a little house where a man had went down a wrong path and he found himself in amnesia and he found himself lost. But he found himself on a Wednesday night in a church service and I'm speaking on spiritual amnesia. Spiritual identity crisis. I'm speaking on that. And I said, she saying, well, I've done heard all this. I've done heard all this. And I come down to the end of it. And I talk about the French soldier who got off the, got off the uh, train. And he's looking around. And he's seeing a few things familiar around there. Yeah. And the guard is watching him as he begins to walk. And he walks over a little note. He said, what was it? He said, there was a little water tower there that got his attention. <laughs> and there happened to be the same thing that was going on at Brother Phillips, a water tower outside of his house. And God was getting his attention. God was moving on him. And here he thought, God left me. I left him a long time ago. You may have left God, but God never left you. He's been walk with you every mile of the way. He was with you in every conversation. He was with you in every trial. He was with you in every trouble. And that night he found himself in an altar. But the best thing is, God never changed his mind about him. That ought to give hope to anyone tonight. Any prodigal. Doesn't matter if you've been gone five months, five days, or five years, or 10 years, or 100 years. It don't matter. Whatever you are tonight, God has never left you. He never left the prodigal son. He was right there nudging him when he was even in the hog pit. What gave him the unction to come to himself and say, hey, there's better food in my father's house. I'm going to go home and be a servant. 
But the father hadn't changed his mind about him. I tell you what, if he ever comes back, he's going to be a servant. I'm going to put him, he's going to wash the dishes, and he's going to make up for all the amends, and he's going to make up for this, and he's going to, I tell you what, that low down, sorry, no good for nothing joker. That wasn't the father's attitude. <laughs> I tell you what, it done something to me the other night, Brother Gabriel told that part about why the father ran. Because he had to get to him before the townspeople did. <laughs> I'm so glad he got to me before anyone else did. And he threw that robe of adoption around me, that robe of, of a royalty around me, his robe, and, and said, hey, get the party started. Kill the fatted calf. One that's been lost has come home again. Listen, if you're out there and you're wondering whether them people, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to call me a bunch of low down nothing for all. And no, we're not. We're ready to put a robe around you. We're ready to welcome you back to the Father's house. We're ready to say, welcome home. Why can you say that? Because I'm saying what the Father said. It was a call to trust amid great adversity. A few verses later, he would say again, the Lord himself goes before you and be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. When we promise, we promise always or never most of the time, we can't keep it. Things happen, humanity, humans, something called being a human. That's why the saying would say, never say never. Because just as soon as you say never, <laughs> I'll never marry somebody younger than me. I'll never, never marry a bald-headed man. These are some I've heard, and it, it happened. <laughs> I'd never marry him, anyone that's got ugly feet. <laughs> I ain't heard that one, but just in case. <laughs> you never say never, because you're human. But God can say never, and it be never. Or he can say I, therefore, he can say, I will never forsake you. And he don't kind of come back and say, well, I shouldn't have said never. Man, what was I thinking? I messed up big time. No, God doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you go. His word remains the same. If you're his child, it will never forsake you. You can say, well, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to make my own life and I'm going to be my own person. And, but if you're a child of God, you're going to be one of the most miserable people on the face of the earth because this word will never leave you. You go to drink something, it'll be in your ear. You go to smoke something, it'll be in your ear. You go to cut your hair off, it'll be in your ear. Because it will never leave you. God's promises are always and never 
Therefore, he can be fully trusted to honor his word. He can be fully trusted. He would say it even to, to Abraham. He said, behold, I'm with you and will keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land. And I will never leave you until I've done what I've promised to you. God stands with his word. Therefore, he stands with his children. Therefore, you can go through the roughest waters of your life. He'll be there. You can go through cancer. He'll be there. You can go through troubles of life that it seems like there ain't no way this is going to ever work out. That ain't what God says. God says there is a way. I am the way. I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Therefore, he's the way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. And even when you don't see him working. I wonder this, 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 even in this week or maybe this month, you said, Lord, I don't see you working. How many said that? Lord, I, I just don't see you working. Even when you don't see me, I'm working. Even when you don't feel me, I'm working. I'm, I'm thankful for that because we don't always feel him. Listen, you're not, you're, we're, we're not in a place to where we always feel him. You're not always in a, an electric service or in a church service, period. You're at work. You go through trials. Go through troubles, you go through tribulations, you go through deaths. You don't feel him. Maybe you ain't felt him in a week, a month, maybe a year. But he's never left you. Really, what you ought to do if you hadn't felt him is see where you're at. Because many times, Feelings are based on where you're at. If you're walking through grass, you can feel grass. If it comes up to your ankles, to your knees. If you're walking in the heat, you can feel the heat. If you're walking in the cold, you can feel it. So feelings many times are based on where you're at. So if you have yourself in a, in a real dry time, you need to start looking, where am I? Am I in a desert? And am I in a desert because I walked into a desert? Am I in a hard moment in my life because I walked there? Because I, my footsteps led me there. Amen. Am, am, am I here where I'm at because of where I walked to? Then if you find yourself in that place, turn back and walk towards him. Get closer to him. Listen, in these times of trials, there ain't but one thing to do. Get closer to him. That's why they come. You can read the Bible and have enough evidence of times when things were plentiful and things were good and things were just all so hunky-dory. They started bowing after other idols. They started going after other things. What would God have to do? He'd have to send plagues. He'd have to send trials. He'd have to send armies. And what would they do? They'd pull closer to him. (laughs) 
we're not going to go through the tribulation. But that does not mean we're not going to go through trials. That does not mean we're not going to have hardships of life and face death. Brother Erickson's church has just faced four. In just the last few moments, I'm sure there's some soul searching going on. I may not have all this testimony exactly right, but the gist of it is this. Brother Wayne was telling me, so there was a, a, a family that had left the church previous in two days. Two days before that fire, the boy in that family dreams of Charlie and his wife in a fire. And out of the fire, Charlie screams at him and says, get yourself to that summer camp. Brother Wayne said, you're talking about expectations. If God would be merciful to some backslidden people to give them a dream that in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a trouble, in the middle of a a house exploding, that a voice of mercy could scream out and say, get yourself to that camp. He never left them. He never left them. He was there with them even in their backslidden conditions. You may find yourself tonight in a backslidden condition, but I'm here to tell you, God has not left you. But he's with you, even in a fire. I've said it, reminded of it this week, as I would say that to God, God would say back to me, have I left you? I promised you I was with you in the fire. I haven't left you. So don't leave me. That's why the scripture would hit me as I would read it at the beginning. I'll never leave you. Go through trials of our life. Go through situations. And you want to just give up. God hasn't left you. So don't leave him. Let's power it. Brother Phil, if you can just come sing that song again for me. I wonder all this you would say just off the cuff unplanned unrehearsed God would just give a scripture Maybe you find yourself in the desert. Maybe you find yourself in a trial. Maybe you find yourself backslidden away from him. Many times we ask for hands. 
Hands go up all over the building. But I want to ask for more than that tonight. I want to ask for footsteps. Because footsteps are possession. Say, Lord, I want to walk towards you tonight. Brother Philip sings this song. You want to... We've been hearing about the Holy Ghost. We've been hearing about El Shaddai. Lord, I want to walk closer to you, Lord. Why don't you just walk towards him? I believe he's here tonight. Just lift your hand to him. Walk towards him. Say, Lord, I'm coming to you. Because you never left me. You never left me. Many directions. Yes, Lord. The roads look the same. He gave me instructions. Yes, Jesus. I disregarded this in Then sudden destruction, sudden destruction, soon came my way. He's here for you to break down. I'll the walls. have to say, He's here to break down the wall. God only me to blame. Oh, but He, he never. Though I turn my back on him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Living in the world of sin. Trying to run away again. I was trying to run away again. Oh, but he never left me. When I chose to Never left he you. never oh, aren't you glad about that tonight? He never left you. Thank you, Jesus. I chose the wrong road because it looked good to me. I walked blindly on Was lost and I was dying. Oh, but now, oh, but now, I'm walking to you, Jesus. Trying. Hallelujah. Oh, if you'll make oh, a move towards him. To Hallelujah. He'll move towards you. Oh, but the good thing is he reached back to me. Oh, don't you remember that moment? Hallelujah.
He's been there. 